Hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and this is a very special edition of my podcast slash videocast. And that's because while I usually dub it Wine, Women, and Writing, and we talk about female characters who are primarily written by female authors, today we have Mescal Men and Mystery. I love that name. And this is a distinguished group. The people that have been on my Mescal Men and Mystery are the absolute tops um, mystery and thriller writers out there. And so I'm super excited. I'm going to keep it a secret for a moment still who we're talking to. You can look at him. He looks great, but we're not talking yet because first I want to encourage you to go out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. And what I want you to do there is I want you to go to the Wine, Women, and Writing page. And on that page, you can do two things for me. The first is you can sign up to get this uh, RSS feed of the podcast delivered straight to your favorite device. It's free. It's automatic. And it's awesome. Discover a new author every week. And consider while you're there pledging to support so that we can continue to bring you great authors that are either some of your favorites or new to you on the show every week. And I'd love it if you did that. It also wouldn't hurt my feelings if you read some of my books, which you can get links to there, but that's beside the point, right? And um, even more, I wish that you'd read the books of the people I have on the show, like James Hannibal, who I have today. Hello, James. Hello. <laughs> We're at BoucherCon. BoucherCon is a mystery, thriller, suspense convention that pairs writers and other industry people with readers, with fans. It's um, equally scary for both sides. We're all a bunch of big, you know, crazy introverts for the most part, awkwardly talking to each other. But it's still super, super cool. And if you're uh, a mystery, thriller, suspense fan, we have fans here from all over the world. I really, I encourage you to check it out. And you can hang with people like James and me sometimes. It'd be really fun. So, James, I am embarrassed to admit, we were at Keller Nashville the same time a few years ago, and that somehow I don't think we actually met each other, even though I think that we both were winners that year. You won for? I won for uh, Juvenile Mystery. Juvenile Mystery. I won for Adult Mystery. So we're like, you know, two sides of the same coin, except <laughs> as you'll soon see, not. He's a badass, and I'm just <laughs> me. Or you're an adult, and I'm a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> so. Well, there's that. But, um, but uh, anyway, so he's a Silver Falchon um, a Children's Mystery winner two times for his children's series. So if you guys aren't familiar with that, that's actually kind of a really big deal. So <laughs> a, he's a really big deal guest. So my big deal guest, James. The, I'm turning uh, red. I know, yeah. look at him. So with your books, you write in several different um, subgenres of the mystery, thriller, suspense world. So before we talk about all the interesting things about you, just kind of lay it out for people the different things they can dip their toes into you with your writing. Okay, and so... With you, not to you. That would be it, it, really awkward. Yeah, strange. <laughs> um, I, I do have a, a sort of an eclectic mix of writing styles, and so I write uh, in military techno-thriller. I have a uh, spy thriller series, which is more heist uh, books, and I have a children's mystery fantasy series, uh, the Section 13 series, and then I have, uh, I will be, uh, we, well, we have an online sort of reader-directed novel going in a fantasy world, more high fantasy, and then there'll be a novel series that's going on there. Okay, now wait, wait, wait. With this, this online thing, so he was a military pilot, like a spy military pilot. We're going to talk about that. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> and... And now you're like some kind of like online genius doing this interactive <laughs> book writing game. What? 
So uh, a year ago, I inherited an entire fantasy realm uh, oh, from so uh, cool. creator Dick Wolf, and so he passed on this Christian fantasy realm that he that he had built in the 80s for me to carry forward. And one of the things we decided to do as we sought uh, ways to, to, to branch out from this is, is to create an origin story for this world. And we're doing that online with reader help. And so each month, uh, well, or lately because of projects it's been each quarter, um, uh, I write a chapter and we give you choices of what uh, Kaya, the main character, will do in the end. She's a, she's a, a young person in this world. And uh, what whatever choice the readers make, then I write the next chapter based on their choice. So we're getting reader buy-in on creating this origin story. Is this as much fun as it sounds? It, it's a ton of fun. It's, it's, it's so much fun because I don't know what's going to happen next. And throughout the month or quarter, as, as, as the readers are making their choices, I'm going, I have my favorite, but I don't know what your favorite's going to be, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So it is exciting. That's so neat. Now, do you have kids? I have, a, I have two boys, 13 and 16. Are they of the age that's interested in this game? Or? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, very much so. So you're like hero dad. I mean, forget the military <laughs> stuff. My dad is a game guy. Yes, but know? the 16-year-old will never admit it. Right? <laughs> I, I've, I've been there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so let's go back a little bit. And uh, with respect to the experiences that built the author that James Hannibal is today, one of the things I find super interesting about you that really played into your characterization with your, um, with your younger set mystery yeah. series is your own synesthete yes. characteristics, which I can't say very well. No, you did it perfectly. Thank you. I tried really hard. Um, <laughs> so, with uh, will you tell everyone a little bit, first, what that is? I mean, that's not something you hear bandied about every day. Right. Synesthesia is, is, is poorly known um, in the world and, and often misconstrued. In fact, um, the li school library journal, Jack Buckles is a synesthete in the Section 13 Mysteries, and school library journal took it upon themselves to diagnose him as on um, the autistic spectrum. You're like no. Yes. So uh, because of the because just because synesthesia is so poorly known, they didn't yeah. read the back cover. Um, <laughs> the the uh, That's funny. Uh, so synesthesia is an intersection of the senses, and so for m most synesthetes, the most common form is chromesthesia, in which sounds have color. So all That's sounds funny. have their own own color, and a, a side effect of that is called color graphemia, in which letters and numbers have color. Wow. And about one in 4,000 Americans has chromesthesia, that form of synesthesia. Yeah. Um, more of my, my uh, senses intersect, so the, the sense of feel, the sense of smell, um, which comes with taste. Um, so I have, uh, sounds have both uh, um, feel and color and texture, you know, and uh, flashes of light and movement make sounds for me. There's little gray matter. They found out in 2016 that there's little gray matter connections that get stronger as you get older. And about 0.7 nanoseconds on average from the time that, that an input such as a sound comes in, a synesthete, the other senses, is, is, is activated. So what's it like in your skin? Is that overwhelming? Or is it you, just normal to Well, you? for me, it's normal. So I yeah. grew up with a, with a tough Midwestern father, you know, so tough it up. Who you had know. no idea. He, no, he didn't even know, yeah. right? And so... Um, and you didn't know to explain what it was because it was just you. It's Correct, right. Yeah. So... Um, 
uh, what's you know, I wind I wound up in in covert ops and doing a lot of cool military stuff. But you know, my some of my fourth grade reviews said he's a very sensitive child. Um, <laughs> like, because, yeah, you know, you know, be, right? Because I'm disturbed by just about everything. But either either you learn to deal, or you become a gore, and, and uh, either you become a gore or yeah. you learn to deal. And learning to deal has, I think, aided me in my military operations, and then and then my creativity as a writer. Oh, gosh, yes. And so that is such a unique characteristic to give your young protagonist as well. It reminds me of another Texan, Rick Reardon, and him imbuing um, characteristics in his child fantasy series of uh, different let's call them uh, ways the brain works, sure, you know, sure. which is, I guess, a good way to describe something like synesthesia. Yeah, the official word for it is a neurological phenomenon. Yeah, and so it's super cool. I, I love not only that it gives them, in a way, superpowers, <laughs> but also that it presents a, a way of being that is outside the scope of reference for a lot of people and, and teaches them how cool different is. It is, and that's the whole idea, especially in children's literature, of mirrors and windows. So you want to give the child that you're writing for uh, a mirror to look into so they can see themselves and connect, but you also want to give them a window to look through and see the world through someone else's eyes. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and just let them know that, that it's okay to be different, and, and that's been yeah. one of the blessings of that series is getting feedback from kids that said, this made me feel okay. Yeah. I bet you could really relate to their stories, too. Oh, yes. And, and, and to connect with kids in Mexico and Russia that are experiencing synesthesia and go, now I understand, yeah. um, that's been a big deal as well. Do either of your boys have it? Yes. Um, so it is hereditary. Both of my parents had elements, and I think the virgins of their genes made it so strong in me. So I'm like a one in 200 or 1,000 yeah. or a one in a million uh, uh, synesthetes. Um, but my boys will both have it. And it, again, it gets stronger with age. Yeah. That is, that is now to think of it as being something that you can use, not only in your writing career, but in your military career, that it was seen as, this is, we can, we can work with this. This is cool, you yeah, know? Yeah, it would be great if, you know, if it was better understood, you could capitalize it earlier. I didn't really understand that the others saw the world differently than I did. I was just very, very good at organizing aircraft in the sky as a result of the color graphemia. So at an, yeah. an, an F-16 in Area Alpha at 5,000 feet or at 16,000 feet, um, I can differentiate that from the F-18 who's at 17,000 feet in Area Bravo. And I, all of that is colors and textures to me. And so I, as a forward air controller controlling uh, different fighters uh, on targets I was it, the synesthesia helped me a lot that's super I mean okay we can end the interview here because I have to go read these books no <laughs> I want to keep talking um so you flew aircraft as well I as did, yes. direct them um and yeah. forward operate them but a lot of different kinds you have I did yeah I cut my teeth in the you, I mean it's not it's not all that usual a lot of times you get pigeonholed but you really have some diverse a10, you started. Yeah, and, and all of that was really providence and, and, and God moving me. I, I, I was in this weird program um, where they were trying to pump out fighter pilots fast. And so yeah. they sent a lot of us through the A10 program, which is a shorter program, and then I was supposed to go into the F15 program. Uh, and in the middle of that, they got this really cool thing called the Predator, and they had nobody to fly it. And so this <laughs> intelligence drone. I, no, 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 nobody wanted to fly the drone because you're sitting on the ground, couldn't remote oh, control, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so to so my 
my F15 left personnel command as an F15 and in, in the mail on its way to me transformed into a drone. And so I, well, I, I want to stay in the flight deck. So I went to the, st I, I applied for the stealth bomber, which is an out of cycle thing that you apply for. Okay. Um, and uh, I had a couple of, of uh, people that knew me that had, I had written intelligence briefings for uh -huh. um, that were already flying the stealth bomber. And they, uh, they got, they, they basically said, this guy is ours. We're bringing him over. And uh, so I got to fly the stealth. And then that led into other classified programs and other work and stuff. And then in the very end of He told me thing, all about him ahead of time. I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> I wound up flying the Predator anyway at the, whole, at the end of this whole thing, working in intelligence <laughs> there. So I tried to dodge it and wound up in it anyway. But in the meantime, I did get to play in some covert operations in the stealth bomber. So that was fun. It is neat. Well, and talk about um, laying the groundwork for writing the books that you went on to write for adults. You've got a wealth of international, military, and aeronautical, and um, computer experience that, you know, it's like the rest of us have to research. Not James. <laughs> well, I still keep up, right? <laughs> I follow DARPA's webpage, especially, because they always have some really good ideas. <laughs> we all just call James, or I am now, when I have a question. <laughs> you know? he's, once this airs, he's going to be like, stop calling me, stop calling me. <laughs> So tell, Never. tell me about um, tell me about the books that you like the, the projects that you like the best. What, where's your heart lie? Oh well, you know my heart always lies with my most recent project, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or the very next one. So I'm most excited right now about. Uh, thieves and heists and con games because, you know, the, the Griffin Heist series is all about this elite team of thieves and then the, the Chasing the White Lion, which comes out in March, is the follow-on and that's a multi-layered long con yeah. or a series of, of, of compounding cons. And so, you know, right now I'm totally into con games and con artists and, and heists. Which is not, I hope, the experience that you developed in the military and... Well. I can't talk about that <laughs> Damn it. I thought I'd sneak <laughs> that in, but it didn't work. Um, but that's, that's fun. Now, your publisher is Ravel. And Correct, th yes. their, their mission or their focus in publishing is... Well, you explain it. It's because it's a really neat section of the publishing world. So Ravel is a Christian publisher. They're a faith-based publisher. Um, and you obviously in that side of the house, you have very different levels of what, what is sort of um, theological down to, down, to, down to just fiction. Ravel is, is fiction with a faith-based element. Right. And so you're going to see a lot more focus on, on just the story and the fun. Um, with with some some and it's going to be clean fiction and it, but there's going to be some some faith-based elements there where where there are some some lesson themes but it's not sort of preachy it's not we're gonna you know we're we're and halfway through the story we're in a church with a pastor telling us how to think I love it though I it's it gives readers a place that they know they can go that's not going to violate their own beliefs you know the fiction that they're going to read and where they um, they find books that are still as exciting, they're as good or better than anything else out on the market, but they're a place they can go and not be assaulted by some of the things that pop up in other books. Which, if it's your thing, it's your thing, and you should read those. But these books, they are, for the most part, they're teenager safe too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. teen reading. And, and of course, I've been writing, I wrote for Penguin and Penguin Random House 
um, in the Nick Barron series. Mm -hmm. And I have always written with the idea that I could hand my book to my mom or my boys mm -hmm. and, and have them read. So I, one of the things that helped me as I went into to young adult and middle grade fiction is that I already had a teen following for my adult series because parents went, hey, these are clean reads. I can hand this to my son. Yep. And it's Tom Clancy's type stuff. Exactly. Still, it's complex. The plots are real world and they're, you know, ripped from the headlines contemporary. But you're not going to, you know, ruin your children. And I have a soapbox on that, by the way. Just so you know, when you're when you're dealing with operational missions, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that people, well, I got I got to put in this language for realism, whatever. You know what? In an operational mission, when you're when you're out there, you're on the the frequency with all the other guys. Nobody is swearing. Yeah. When somebody somebody cusses on frequency, everybody's in first thought is what a clown. Yeah. Um, because that's not part of the professional uh, objective there. You're, if nothing else, you're wasting time. You're wasting data. And you're data. showing your lack of emotional control of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Control. These are controlled people they up are. there. You should hope they are. They're flying things that can kill people. You want them totally cooling in control, right? Absolutely. Calm as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. So with your military, you call them techno thrillers, right? Military sure. techno yes. thrillers? Yeah. Okay, so... I um, I would like you to explain a little bit more as a subgenre what that is comprised of. So a techno thriller, as opposed to a thriller, would be dependent upon what kinds of technology here. Right. So if you're in a military techno thriller, you're looking at what's right on the forefront of, of what we're talking about. Um, like in in Griffin Heist, which is not which is a spy thriller, but one of the pieces of technology in there, we're talking about hypersonic weapons, a new new type, which is right now the forefront of of military development. The arms race right now is in hypersonics. Um, um, and then uh, data vaults and uh, mesospheric nodes. So, so Lockheed and, and Northrop Grumman, they're working on these airships. And so you'll have, there's you know, almost like satellites that are in a portion of the atmosphere, but high enough that they're not an interference for air travel and things like that. And they're geostation keeping, so there's no cables. Um, so we're talking about those kind of little technological details are what's going to work into it, a, a techno thriller, something that's right on the edge of what we're doing right now. And so who, with the series, do you have one protagonist? that carries through the series or are you is really the series more about the military group and the things they do but or is there is there a person that's the hook? Well, I always like to have a main protagonist, and I know people do it different ways. In the Nick Barron series, Nick Barron is, is the protagonist in that military techno-thriller. In the Spy Thief series, Talia Inger, this rookie CIA operative, is our is our main protagonist. And she's got this elite team, and so each book will focuses really on Talia and then one member of the team. Okay, so military people, CIA people, good thriller stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely cool. And so with what's coming out next, what do you, what's your next release? So Griffin Ice comes out next, which is the follow-on to Chasing the White Lion, or to follow-on to, to, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Chasing the White Lion <laughs> comes out next, which is the follow-on to, to the Griffin Heist. Heist. And in that one, um, you know, the Griffin Heist was more heist uh, on the thief side, yeah. and this one is more con. And we're infiltrating the first ever crowdsourced crime syndicate. So this is, we're talking, oh, you know, cool. a, a modern level crime syndicate that incorporates all those sort of uh, a social network um, uh, face of today, and then our, our team has to infiltrate that. And so where did you come up with the idea for a crowdsourced crime syndicate? A, a dream, actually. No kidding. Seriously? I was, in, I was in Bavaria working on research for a children's project, project uh -huh. and uh, it was a cold night and gave me a weird dream, and I dreamt 
uh, most of the primary plot of Chasing the White Lion. And you remembered it when you woke up. Well, and that's the weird thing, too, that's is so I don't always, nice. I, I rarely remember my dreams. Do you try to and, write them down in the night? Or well, what? that one I did. Yeah, and I, like, no, I, I woke awesome. up and it was so strong in my mind that, that I wrote it all down and my, my children had to, we were going to go look at the Zugspitz and everything and they had to wait for me to write it down. Um, <laughs> that is super awesome because I'll wake up sometimes and I'll type myself an email and it's all random characters and I can't remember the dream and the email didn't make sense because I didn't have my glasses on but to be able to remember it long enough to sit up and write it down because that's it's it's like the subconscious frees up and allows you to make connections sure, sure. that when you're you're in your I don't know for me it's a type A mode are you type A oh absolutely <laughs> I didn't have to ask that question <laughs> he leans forward as he walks and um and so you you know you're in that type A mode where you're pushing 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 and sometimes the push is the wrong you know, mechanism to get the creativity out. Right, you need to you need to sit back. Yeah, and that's hard for us. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard. Um, where, what do you do to stimulate ideas? Do you and to free your mind up? It's dream, or is it you walk? Usually, exercise? I walk. Right, yeah. and and right now I'm actually dealing with some uh, some heel issues. I, I I injured myself on a run, and it's my wife calls it physical physical literal writer's block. <laughs> Because you can't. He can't walk. He can't write. You know, it's an emergency. She's calling doctors like, what can we do? Um, so, yes, uh, I walk. I walk sometimes for, for uh, five, ten miles at a time and uh, dictate into Dragon Dictation um, yeah. with my ideas. Then I take it home. I did two entire books on Dragon Dictate, the first drafts. And it's so wonderful. Actually, I had a pet goat at the time. And you can oh, hear the well, goat you know, on like, the... Like we all do, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's a wonderful way to open up your creativity at the same time as, you know, you need to do these things. Got to sure. get out and do them, unless, of course, you have a hurt heel. I hope it. I hope your heel heals yes. rapidly it's healing, yeah. for you. Yes. <laughs> so the books will keep coming. Well, so if you guys want to learn more about James, send them to your website. Where would they find you? So uh, www.jamesrhannibal.com. And James uh, you can select from any one of the series uh, on the top of the page. Excellent, excellent. I really, I'm excited about um, learning more about your books because I think that um, my son who's in his 20s will really enjoy them. And I want to go check out the games, the, you know, the basically your interactive you know writing your book with this game element to it with these kids or writing the, the, the chapters that are the game I oh, guess. Amazing things happening and actually somebody who worked on the Tolkien games um, has joined my team on that um, so uh, just just amazing things happening there. Yeah well it was really nice to meet you and I hope you have continue to have a lot of success and you guys not only go out and check out um, the Griffin Heist would be the first book in the new series. You can go, um, would you send them to that first, or where would you send them first? I would send them to the Griffin Heist, yes, okay. absolutely. Because it's the first in series, and yeah. it's a great place to start. And it's the one about the con, which we're not going to say was part of any secret operations. No, nothing that nothing. I've ever done, mm -mm, ever. Never. But um, when you do that, also go out to my website and check out the upcoming shows and get this show downloaded to your podcast so you can learn to say more difficult words like synesthete. That's your lesson for today. I still I have to really enunciate. Anyway, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening and for watching. I'll catch you next time.